Beyond the Shadows podcast. In the darkest corners of our universe lie spaces where even the light won't go. Places where terror and the unknown lurk, always waiting. Join Ryan and Scott on the Beyond the Shadows podcast as we pull back the curtain and peer into the darkness. We'll examine hauntings, true crimes, mysteries, UFOs, exorcisms, reincarnations, mysteries, and all things dark. Join us as we go Beyond the Shadows. book banning right okay here we go all right hi and welcome to our podcast all things outrageously dark scary beautiful and totally true we are your hosts i'm katie and i'm kelly So this is going to be our book banning series. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about banned books. The most banned books of all times. We're with the band. (laughs) (laughs) Band on the run. Band. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. We're going to do this series because we obviously think that banning books is foolish. It's very foolish. Foolery. Anybody who agrees with banning books can go get fucked. You can go suck a toe. <laughs> I hope you stub stub your pinky toe every single day for the rest of your life. Yeah, I do too, because books have been such a like shapeful thing in my life. Mm-hmm. I read books all the time. Yeah. Um, and so I just, when I looked at this like list, I was like, oh, well, that's my favorite book. Oh, well, I've read that book. Oh, I read yeah. that book too. Oh, these books are amazing. Like, why would anybody want to ban them? Because people are, the people banning books want power and they want to keep people dumb and they don't mm-hmm. want people to think about other options. And so they banned books and people are like, yeah, it's a good idea because this fucking idiot's telling me that it's a good idea. No, I think that's exactly right. That books <laughs> are so powerful. They have such an ability to open and expand your mind. Mm-hmm. And then people just don't want that. They right. want you to conform. They don't want you to think for yourself. And I lived in the same small town in Florida for my entire life and I'm just fine, says the angriest person in the world. Yeah, it's like, okay, are you Janet? <laughs> like. Are you fine? Ron DeSantis wears high heel, like, pumpers in his boots. Like, can we just... Yeah. Does he? <laughs> I Yeah. Have you seen the videos? He's got something making him taller in the boots. It's <gasps> <laughs> not normal. <laughs> no, I haven't. But he would be a person that would ban books. He would. Yeah. He enjoys that. And so, speaking of banned books, can you guess what we're going to start off with? I bet you're going to tell me. (laughs) I am. We are going to start off with one of the most banned books of all time. 1984 by George Orwell. Yes. The book title, titled 1984, was written by George Orwell in 1949 under the publisher Secker and Warburg out of the UK. The basis of this book is a warning against totalitarianism. And this is why we are starting with this series. Um, the irony of of censoring a book on the dangers of censor- censorship. Like you can't make, <laughs> you cannot make this shit up, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yep. you just, you can't. 
Yep. So have you read it? Um, a long time ago. They like I used mean, to make you read it. Yeah. In like middle school or high school. Yeah. So it was a good book, but I need to reread it because. I, yeah. I think at that young of an age, I think the entire message could get like really lost on you because you just started like don't really understand what they're trying to say. Like the the concept is pretty deep. Right. It is very deep. Yes. For this. So to read it at such a young age, I think that can be really like overlooked and overshadowed by other themes in the book. Right. Um, we'll get on to why they want to ban it. But first, let's just kind of um, give you an overview or not you, not you, you've read yes. it, but like other people, an right. overview of like what what's going on in this book. So after after the overview, then we'll dive into the fictional elements of this book that mirror historical events. And finally, to wrap it up, we'll explore why it's banned. Sound good? Sounds good. Sounds good? Okay. Does this sound unhinged? Like we're about to get unhinged? Sounds like an unhinged, baby. (laughs) (laughs) We're about to get rehinged because the people unhinging these books are unhinged. They are unhinged. So the book summary, this book, it takes place in the totalitarian state of Oceania. Oceania is one of the three super states that formed after the Great War. I think the Great War metaphorically is like World War II. Right. Actually, I know it's World War II. <laughs> the superstar, the super states, not the superstars. <laughs> well, no, because if you wrote this in 1949, that was after World War II. World War II. Yeah. And he was trying to write a book kind of about the future, right? So maybe there, maybe he's thinking there was another Great War. I can't remember. Yeah, it could have been. Like World War Three, maybe? Yeah, it could have been World War Three. I yeah. think it was like, yeah. Yeah, could have been anything. George, Georgie, Georgie boy was interesting. He was an interesting man, yes. Did you read his other book, Animal Farm? Yes. I haven't read that one, but I heard it's great. Very good, yes. Also banned. Yes. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> Give me all the banned books. <laughs> the super states after the Great War are Oceania, East Asia, and Eurasia, and they are perpetually at war with one another. Oceania is ruled by a seemingly omnipresent big brother government, which has a strict totalitarian style rule over its citizens. The government of Oceania, simply known as the party, Mm. uses technological advancements and psychological manipulation to erase subversive thoughts, independent thinking, and maintain absolute control. Citizens are constantly monitored by telescreens and spies to ensure the complete allegiance to to big brother is upheld. The novel follows the life of Winston Smith, a low-ranking member of the outer party who gradually grows disillusioned with his experience in the oppressive regime. The book delves into the tactics employed by the party to maintain absolute dominance, which are executed through the functions of four ministries. These ministries, named the Ministry of Truth, Peace, Love, and Plenty, bear titles that are ironically contrary to their actual operations. Take the Ministry of Truth, for instance. This ministry manipulates historical documents to fabricate a version of history that consistently supports the party's current narrative. Sounds like (laughs) the Republican Party. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) The populace is inundated with propagandistic versions of reality, leading them to the illusion that they reside in a utopian society under the kind of watch under the kind and watchful eye of Big Brother. Winston Smith, while working at the Ministry of Truth, altering historical documents, begins to question his work and the party's authority, morality, and motives. 
he begins to embark on small acts of rebellion against the party, such as starting a forbidden journey to harbor his subversive thoughts. It's so interesting when you think about history and like, because it's like history, history is written by the winners. Right. Like there's so much to history that we don't actually know. Right. Yeah. It's just crazy. Super crazy. I mean, what would they, what would the history books like actually say if, Well, they're trying to get rid of, you know, accurate depictions of slavery. Right. Isn't that wild? And, you know, I didn't learn, you know, in even in high school, I didn't learn about how terribly we treated indigenous people in this country. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? Are you talking like with smallpox and all the wars and the treaties and the lying? And like the lying, you know, Mm -hmm. killing off all of their buffalo. Yeah. The Trail of Tears. Yeah. I mean, fucked up, dude. Right, so right, right. fucked up. Right, we barely even touch on what we did to the Indians. Right, right. Let yeah. alone trying to write what slavery actually was. Like, right. get out of here. So, I mean, they are trying to rewrite history, saying, "Oh, well, they learned helpful skills." Shut the fuck up. They were enslaved people. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I know this is like they were beaten into oblivion if they didn't have mm-hmm. a skill. Mm-hmm. So. Shut the fuck up. Right. And <laughs> even though, like, let's say, even though, like, 1984 is a fictional book, mm-hmm. it just really helps people understand what happens when when we're not told exactly. Right. Or, or people try to change what the way history actually is. Right. So as Winston's rebellion continues, his he befriends O'Brien, a member of the inner party, an upper echelon member of the party. Mm who Winston believes is also in a rebellion mind state. Winston then becomes romantically involved with a coworker, Julia. Romantic relationships were also outlawed and seen as a threat to the absolute loyalty of the party. Thus being together, the pair were partaking in even more rebellious endeavors. Damn. Scandal. (laughs) Hot goss. (laughs) There is another group of marginalized people called the proles. The proles provide a contrast to the citizens under the rule of the party. This marginalized class of people represents the lowest class and they are exempt from the party's rigorous regulations and they live on the fringes of society. In Winston's eyes, the proles are the only hope to overthrow the government. However, they have an air of disinterest as they struggle with their own life challenges. As the book goes on, Winston and Julia carry out a torrid affair in a rented room above an antique shop. They discuss the rebellion and bond over their hatred for the party. But sadly, Winston and Julia's rebellion is short-lived. The owner of the antique shop is a spy for the party. He tells the government about the couple's outings and they are quickly arrested by the ministry of love. (laughs) Winston also finds out that he's been betrayed by O'Brien, who is actually the one behind Winston's capture. Damn. I know. During their arrest and capture, both Winston and Julia are brutally tortured with sophisticated techniques that are used to break the captured spirit and reshape their thoughts to mold a reality where the party's version of anything and everything is accepted as absolute truth. In Winston's final torture, he is forced to face his biggest fear, rats. These rats run all over his body, taking out big chunks of flesh as they sink their teeth all over him. He is given the opportunity to have Julia take his place in this torture chamber. He agrees to have her stand in. In this final act of betrayal towards Julia, It is that act that ultimately breaks Winston's spirit. He is released from the Ministry of Love, but is a hollowed man as his love for Big Brother has been concretely instilled. Winston goes back to work at the Ministry of Truth. In one final scene, Winston and Julia pass each other on the street. 
Their eyes lock, but the love is completely lost after having both betrayed each other while being tortured. So this book, it really highlights the dangers of society that obliterates individualism in favor of collective conformity. It helps the readers understand the importance of individual thought, freedom, and objective truth in the face of an oppressive regime or any regime, really. The ending of this book reminds us how fragile the human spirit is when subjected to relentless relentless ideologies and indoctrinations and coercion of any sort. Do you want me to read the next part? Yeah. So fiction versus fact. So as we can see, 1984 is a story about totalitarianism. Totalitarianism is a form of rule that dissolves individual freedom of all citizens and seeks to create subordination from followers in all aspects of life. The state has no limits to its authority and has centralized control, extensive political repression, and uses propaganda to achieve ideological uniformity. A few key highlights are the governing governing state holds encompassing power and control over every fact every aspect of the public and private life. The power is centralized, usually, usually, oh my gosh, the power is centralized usually to a single leader or several governing elites. There's little to no tolerance for opposition or dissenting opinions. Those who do oppose are often persecuted, imprisoned, or executed. The state uses extensive surveillance technology to spy on citizens. There are restricted civil liberties like freedom of speech. There is a dominant ideology that government governs the land. The state has extensive control over the nation's economy. The term was first coined by Benito Mussolini in the early 1920s. Mussolini sought to make Italy the first totalitarian government and proposed the slogan, all within the state, none outside of the state, none against the state. So examples of totalitarian society are Adolf Hitler and the Nazi party, the Soviet Union under Joseph Stalin, and the current Kim dynasty in North Korea. There are many more examples of this type of rule throughout history. However, full totalitarianism is rarely seen today. On to the banning of 1984. Also, I'm Trump family. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I drink some water. My throat's dry. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Drink that water. Drink that water. This is wild to me, too. I just can't. A banned book is one that is banned from the shelves and people are restricted access to said book. As for 1984, this book is allegedly one of the most banned books in the world for its themes dealing with sex, but more so it's outwardly pro-communism rhetoric. If anyone has read the book, it's hardly a sex scene that is described. And as for the pro-communist communism stance, that is an exaggeration. And whoever <laughs> is trying to ban the book clearly did not read it. That's our own opinion, <laughs> obviously. But That's fact. Yeah. That is fact. <laughs> is hard fact, baby. <laughs> However, Orwell did fan- fashion the Big Brother government image after Joseph Stalin. Mm-hmm. Stalin initially served on the Central Committee under the rule of Lenin in 1912. In 1917, Lenin seized power over Russia during the Russian Revolution. In 1922, the Soviet Union was formed and became a communist state. Lenin died in 1924, and Stalin stepped up to the plate and took control. However, by the late 1920s, Stalin transformed the USSR from a communist party to a straight dictatorship. (laughs) 
to a straight dick. <laughs> straight dick. He's a straightership. <laughs> Stalin ruled this dictatorship with terror. He had a tight centralization idea of politics, and the decision-making was concentrated at the top with only an elite few men making decisions for the entire country. Under this ideology, the party determined the goals of the state and the means of achieving these goals. Stalin believed that in a quote-unquote revolution from above, which sought to build socialism slash communism by means of forced collectivization and industrialization, the political elite believed the interests of the individual were to be sacrificed to the state. These terms of the party were successful through different programs that brought about tremendous human suffering and millions of lives were lost in the process. Some people equate Stalin's acts against his own people to those of Hitler, the Nazis, and the Jews. For example, Stalin ordered the execution of nearly a million of his own citizens, mainly middle class of higher income, that posed a threat to the state's ideology in We'd the early be 1930s. I We'd be dead for would not be a middle class of higher income. I, he'd be like, oh, she's just a poor chick. Just leave her alone. She's like middle class, I'd be like, low income. But her ideas. Like, Please kill me. <laughs> like, no, let her live. Like, God damn it. <laughs> In the early 1930s, Stalin killed 30,000 kulaks or farmers and ex exiled another 2 million to the far north USSR and Siberia. By proxy of this action, he ended up killing millions more as a famine engulfed the country and surrounding countries due to lack of food production. He was a fucking asshole. Yeah, he <laughs> sucked. We, we don't talk about him that much in history. No. I think he's kind of overshadowed by like Nazis. Right. But what he did was terrible. Un unbelievable. All right. in the name of like, well, not even, not even communism, really. No. He was like, a, he was a straight dick. Dictator. Dictator. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. And yes. So I think that's what like I I think that the the book 1984 bore warns against communism. Right. So like if you're like banning it for pro communism, out yeah, its rhetoric of pro communism. You clearly didn't read this book because right. that's exactly like, what we opposite. don't want. Right, like let people be individuals and let them live their lives. Right. Needless to say, um, Orwell's 1984 was banned in the USSR and Russia until 1988. Mm-hmm. So let's look at some similarities in the U.S. Okay. Shall not we? Yeah, that sounds <laughs> a little... I, I was going to be like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> like, I don't know, actually. Oh God. So good. But yeah, let's do it. In 2012, the U.S. government requested permission from the Supreme Court to continue using GPS tracking of citizens without a warrant. During the trial, Justice Stephen Breyer referenced 1984 in his remarks stating, if you win this case, then there is nothing to prevent police of the government from monitoring 24 hours a day the, of the... Oh, sorry, let me start that over. Okay. During the trial, Justice Stephen Breyer referenced 1984 in his remarks stating, quote, If you win this case, then there is nothing to prevent the police of the government from monitoring 24 hours a day the public movement of every citizen of the United States. So if you win, you suddenly produce what sounds like 1984. End quote. In 2013, we had the Snowden whistleblowing uh, NSA event in which it was revealed that the U.S. had been monitoring its citizens without consent for years. After this leaked, sales of 1984 skyrocketed by more than seven mm -hmm. times. Interesting. But it doesn't stop there. 
The book once mm-hmm. again was made making waves in 2017 when Kellyanne Conway, who's a complete fucking idiot, by the way. Yeah, she is. I hate that she. we have the same name, although she's <laughs> Kellyanne. I'm just of course Kelly. she is. <laughs> Use the phrase, quote unquote, alternative facts to explain discrepancies in media outlets. She's so fucking dumb. Anybody that worked on the Trump administration can just fucking go kick rocks for the rest of their lives. <laughs> and anybody that supports him. I think that like, yeah, they are too. Yeah. Like with all the <laughs> all the legal proceedings, yeah. they are actually gonna be kicking rocks. <laughs> she later backtracked and said that she meant additional facts. A quote, quote unquote alternative facts was a phrase used widely throughout the book to validate the party's action of manipulating their history to fit their narrative. Mm. And to end this episode, here's a fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> In 1984. A new asteroid was discovered by astronomer uh, Antonin Marcos. In honor of the book, he named the asteroid Orwell. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that is so cool. I wonder That's when we're awesome. going to see it again. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think we try to keep it like kind of PC around here, not talk Kelly about does. politics too much. <laughs> Kelly does a lot of damage control <laughs> yeah. for me. <laughs> uh, I mean, we would love to get, I think we would like to, I say this for both of us, we would like to get more political because they think that there's a lot to be said and discussed. Yeah. And so I think this may be a soft, soft opening into maybe a more <laughs> political, uh, political issues because there's a lot of them. There are a lot. Yes. You're not wrong there. Not wrong. Not wrong. Anyways, thanks for tuning in for this short and sweet episode. Yeah. Also Our- kind of depressing and, Totally true. And we'll be back with more book bannings in the future. And as always, have have the the day you deserve. deserve. Bye. Bye. Read banned books. Do start with book banning? Yeah. That one was good. Sad. Yeah. I'm gonna do this, I think. Hold it. Oh damn. Oh damn.
Try holding it? Yeah. Okay. See how it feels. Okay. Does it feel good? <laughs> it feels weird. It feels weird. <laughs> I was just like, this might be a little bit easier because I always feel like I'm cranking my neck. Like, right. <laughs> we just, right. <laughs> it would be easier if we like had better equipment, but like, I mean, yeah. this is a great, I'm not complaining. I mean, this is about as gourmet as you can get. Yeah. I think I, this is the style I actually like. <laughs> Because I think our content is actually pretty high quality. I think it is. Significantly more than other people's. Hey, Blue. The last episodes that, the last three episodes that we have done, guess what's in the background? It's you. You're the problem. It's you. (laughs) Can you maybe take a chill pill with the walking around, please? Don't look at me like that. Blue, go lay down, buddy. Go on. Go lay down. You can do it, buddy. <laughs> we have faith in you. Okay. You're good. <laughs> oh, hold on. We just got a email really quick. I want to see this. I'll stick with the with the $2 ads on Instagram. There you go. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Because this is a down-home production. Blue, go lay down. Can you go get the neck roll and lay down? (laughs) (laughs) He likes wearing his little shirt. Does he like it? It's like the only thing he holds still for in his life is for me to put that shirt on. Really? He holds still? Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. But I won't leave it on him because Mm -hmm. I left it on him and I put him in his kennel and I was going somewhere like just out to dinner or something Mm -hmm. quick. And like I spiraled in my mind where it was like, what if he's trying to chew it off and then his mouth gets stuck and then he's like in his crate and he's freaking out because his mouth is stuck in his shirt and then he like hyperventilates and he passes out and he's like, okay, Katie, calm down. It's a fucking shirt. (laughs) I mean, that's fair though. I I know, but he's ripped holes in my couch, right? right? Like he has destroyed multiple uh, TV remotes. He he would be fine, (laughs) right? He's not going to get caught on his shirt. (laughs) Right. He's... Yeah, that's true. But I see, I'm like, I can definitely understand where you were coming from. I would think I would spiral in a way that wouldn't be very comfortable for my brain either. So I just couldn't. So now, you know, I fucked it up. No, that's okay. So that's all right. I think I'm afraid that my hand's moving on it. I'm going to make it loud. (laughs) With this, make it not as loud. Yeah, that's fun. It's still loud, isn't it? Let's see if we can hear it. Hold on. It's just going to be very loud. Fuck. <laughs> that would have sucked. Oh. That would have sucked. That would have sucked for okay. sure. I'm just going to set up like this. I'm going to set up like this and just chill. I know. We should get some recliners. We really should. That'd be the life. I should figure out how to sit on the couch and do this. Yeah. We have those boom arms. We could probably connect them to the um, table. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Next time. Let's let's see if we can do that. Yeah, we'll see if we can make it a chiller zone. Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty chill, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. 